0: Hi and welcome to the School Should Be podcast, a chance to hear from students, teachers and professionals to learn about all the things School Should Be. My name is Zahara and I am the founder of School Should Be. I've worked in schools for the past 10 years in a variety of roles from a classroom teacher to an education consultant. Schools are clouded by so many barriers, however my experience has shown me it is possible to overcome social and economic hurdles, archaic curriculum structures and be part of the unlearning process that our students and teachers need now more than ever. This podcast will explore a variety of themes, topics and viewpoints, all of which can make school a better place for students and teachers. I hope it helps you learn and smile along the way too. Please do leave a review, share and help us grow the School Should Be community. Right, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Should Be podcast. I'm joined by Harry today. Hi, Harry.
1: Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. We're going to say exactly who you are in just a minute. Um, But before we do, um, the topic of today's podcast is we're going to be discussing how can we create a positive experience around body image for boys at school? Because as much as um, we want to create inclusive and equitable schools um, there is a great deal of talk around female body positivity and body image understandably so Um, and it's important to sort of acknowledge how body image for boys is at school and I where I personally like so Harry I know you'll tell us about your experience in just a minute but I went to an all-girls school Um, I've taught at Mixed schools, um, all types of schools, and I have to say, it's one of the things that I didn't really think about as much as school. I thought about female body image more, maybe because I am a woman. Um, so, yeah, Harry, tell us of who you are.
1: Good question. That's a very good question. As we've already spoken about, trying to figure out who I am. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Harry. I'm 27 years old. I've been, I guess, in the fitness industry. You would say, like mm-hmm. a qualified fitness professional for God, nearly 10 years now. Which makes me feel insane. old. Yeah, it's quite a <laughs> long time. That's a tough times after school. Uh I'm I've got a degree, undergrad in business management and a master's in psychology. And I have a YouTube channel, which I guess is obviously what we were speaking about earlier, my primary source of purpose at the moment.
0: Yeah, and please don't underestimate the the YouTube channel. Can you tell us a bit more about Team for Neveline?
1: uh so basically it tiffany was really started as a three but has now become a solo creator uh, sort of thing being myself and it's primarily a means of not necessarily eliminating but trying to have a positive influence on the fitness industry in a sense that redirects people to a potentially better direction so rather than saying this is right this is right this is right so actually what this person of influence is suggesting is maybe not optimal or in some cases wrong perhaps consider this whilst kind of focusing on aspects of mental health body image self-esteem and things along those lines as i'm a big believer in the fact that the fitness industry can be quite emotionally taxing being mm-hmm. involved in the fitness industry can be quite emotionally taxing especially when you're all surrounded by people who you deem to be almost superior humans there's a lot of upward social comparison that seems to be uh engaged in, and that can be quite detrimental to people's mental health. So Team for was essentially, I don't want to say moldy, but it was kind of redirected to help essentially point people in a better, or put people in a better place in the fitness industry. And, and I a bit.
0: And I, I just want to say, I think it's so important like what you're doing, and it's had again, it's had thousands of views. You get a lot of engagement. It's it's,
1: a, it's doing all right. It's doing, it's doing right. very well. Recently, and, it's doing it's doing quite well, and I like it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so to me, Team for Never lean is like the academia of fitness because, like you said, you 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 were, you enable discussion. So it's not about um following a trend or just just blindly saying this is the right thing to do. Like you enable that discussion almost like within a metaphorical PE classroom, um, but via your YouTube channel. Well,
1: that's the thing. Like, I think ultimately a lot of people and myself, including the past, get stuck in the, I believe this, therefore it's right. And this is the only way to kind of approach it. But then as you go on, it's like, well, maybe my opinions have changed.
2: Mm.
1: And it kind of allows that, just like a discussion to change opinions. So I'll say this is like what I believe, but I'd love to hear what people also believe in the comments and a lot of times it's very much aligning with what i believe but sometimes someone will suggest something it's like well we have very different approaches Neither's right or wrong but i'm curious to learn more about yours exactly and i guess like the whole kind of idea of like the tfnl family was meant to be building a safe place for people Mm -hmm. but I think regardless of what people say oh the fitness industry is such a great place it's like it can be quite a horrible place
2: yeah
1: and I think I'd rather less horrible communities and more supportive and kind of upbringing communities which is what we're trying to build be that in the comment section the discord the facebook group or anything
0: and it's, yeah, and I have to, like, that's why it sort of really resonates with school should be, because again, school should be is all about having uncomfortable conversations about yeah. whatever it is you want to have, but within a safe space. And school is perhaps, I always called school the second home.
1: Yeah, well, you spend I mean, most of your life there, don't you?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, PE, physical education, is something oh, we've yes. all, yeah, we all do from what, age four, five? Um then, I hate it. right now this is really interesting because yes you said that you hated it but obviously now it's turned into your work in many yeah. ways and I just want to know what was your school experience like um, when it came to health fitness PE uh,
1: my school experience was very much it depends so I went to a couple of schools my first school which was a mixed school it was very much a you are doing this we're telling you what sport you're doing and you're going to like it it's like okay I don't have a choice um so I hated PE so I skipped it all the time to be honest I used to pretend I was sick because I, I didn't want to play football it's never I'm not really a sporty guy my desired sports and preferred sports are unconventional like MMA powerlifting bodybuilding etc and then when I went to an old boys school it was very much uh okay you have options each term you have different options depending on the weather essentially so summer term you'll do yeah. this winter you'll do this and suddenly it's like well I don't really have mass care for any of these options, but I'm so glad I do have options. And then when summer came along and we had like the option to do athletics, I loved it because we would spend half an hour driving to the place, an hour there, just chilling with your friends and coming back. It's like, it it was nice to be given, not power, but responsibility Mm. saying, rather than saying, this is what you're going to do. It's like, what would you like to do? And to me, that then enhanced my PE experience. But obviously- SCP being my job is not from. It's more so the fact that I can control how I direct it now. I'm not being told I oh, have to play football. Like I said, I didn't like football. It's just not yeah. my thing. But I'm now being told, okay, well, I can help people learn to lift properly. But I love lifting. Yeah, like lifting weights and like this kind of that element of fitness in that regard is my thing, and I love it. So now I can now focus on the thing that I enjoy, rather than the thing that the system is telling me I need to enjoy.
0: And that is just so important because I think, you know, when I was at school, I hated PE. Um, I was really bad at it. I was really bad at sport. The thing
1: is you get bullied for that. You do.
0: And it's when you just said what you said before about, you know, the fitness industry is empowering. It is great. Like going to the gym is what so many people are advised to, to support and maintain their overall health. However, what we're still sort of fighting against is that toxic toxicity and yeah. um, that's uh you know which we can talk about because I think it does have an impact well from my own experiences as a teacher it does have an impact on um young people but I just find that the fitness industry by extension is now sorry the fitness industry is a, an extended version of like that gym changing room yeah. you know or that playing field where you might be chosen last because you're not very good at yeah. at, at it. And, and then equally, you know, I think metaphorically, social media becomes this idea of, and especially for young people, that if a post of a particular lift or a particular exercise or a particular um, physique gets X amount of likes or engagement, that then is what you need to be. And that in itself is quite toxic.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately Although social media can be a great thing, it can be quite negative in the sense that regardless of what you do online, someone will say it's wrong. Yeah. And like you like said, you could post an amazing lift that you're very proud of. Yeah. There's a problem with it. There's always a problem with it. Not necessarily in the eyes of you or those immediately around you, but someone online will find a problem with it. If you post someone's physique, someone will say there's a problem with your physique. Immediately it almost gives people a, like a self-proclaimed right to have an opinion on you
2: yeah
1: and almost like judge your body or judge your abilities which i think can be quite damaging yes but but then flip it around it can also be great you can find people very empowering very supportive which is fantastic um but i do feel like i don't know it's a tricky one it is a tricky
0: one we could talk about that later actually because just with a few thoughts but coming back to PE, like you said, your experiences that once you'd been given choice, that's when um, you you enjoyed PE a lot more. And now PE stands for physical education. Um, And so we are all like, it's like you said, sport changes when it comes to like, it's seasonal effectively. However, especially recently with the rise and rightly so in um, education around mental health emotional health i think you know we we forget that students have a lot going on hormonally
2: yeah massive. um
0: yeah like adolescence is like the kind of rat race yeah
1: it's a bad time it's horrible when everyone's like oh you don't know how good you got it honestly going through the hormonal changes regardless of what anyone says as an adult i can say it's horrible it's awful
0: okay so with that in mind mm. let's talk about boys because obviously i'm yeah. a woman i know what goes on for women hormonally to a certain extent um i say to a certain extent like it's a lived experience yeah um but talking about boys because i don't think i don't think there's enough conversation about like there is more now coming up about male mental health, but we need to talk about teenage boy mental health and young man mental health, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think hormonally, um, we can't deny the connection. So if you're okay to do so, can you explain, like, what kind of changes, like, should parents, teachers, and even the boys themselves sort of prepare themselves for um, when it comes to that? like what should they be aware of in terms of hormonal changes and the impact that might have on their thinking their school experience
1: I think ultimately one of the big things is when you're kind of going through those I guess puberty essentially yeah you almost get hit with this element of like I hate the world but I don't know why I hate the world or like Mm -hmm. I feel just I just feel empty, but I don't know why I feel empty. There are so many emotions that suddenly hit you, but you have no reason for it. So one day you wake up, and you're like, I don't want to speak to anyone. But then you get pissed off at yourself because why, why don't I want to speak to anyone? And you don't acknowledge the fact that things are happening in your body that are very much altering how your body is functioning and how you're feeling so but no one tells you that you walk in and you have an argument with your mum, and it's like well you're arguing because you're hormonal it's like yeah but why does this make me argue teach me tell me like yeah. by the way how you're feeling is normal because this is happening in your body which is making you feel a bit like this a bit like this i think i think people need to be given the power to then say you know what? i'm not feeling great let's let i don't want to talk to you and that should be respected. Whereas I didn't really have that when I was, when you were at school, you go in, all your friends around you say, I'm not feeling great. Immediately say, like, okay, let's have a bit of fun with that. Um, and although I know it's banter, it's kind of, it's just in jest, but it can be quite frustrating which then can lead to a lot of conflicts, which may be how altercation starts at school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Also then teachers have no, or have little understanding it seems towards how their students are feeling in that regard. So if you say oh, I'm feeling really bad you can't tell a teacher that I never once told a teacher that I was feeling bad because I didn't know why I was feeling bad therefore I had no right to feel bad so I convinced myself I didn't feel bad because essentially the whole aspect of like male puberty it seems like you just you go you flip from being confident to hating yourself sad to being happy like just literally a flick of a switch and you have no idea why.
0: And I have to say, just from what you're saying, because obviously I, I, on these podcasts, I try to, I, it really does make me think about me and my teacher shoes, I guess. And I think because of the way the structure is built, if you were to go to a teacher and say, I feel like rubbish and I don't know why, the natural human or teacher reaction is to make you feel better, mm-hmm. is to sort of say what you're, that feeling of confusion or chaos inside of you isn't normal so let's make you feel better because yeah. better is normal when actually I find that that's wrong in itself like well, normal
1: subjective what you define exactly. normal is I, I may not deem to be normal myself
0: 100% yeah and I think that's so important To that's such an important point to raise actually for teenagers to say that your feelings are valid and mm if you feel like rubbish and we've all had it like teachers have it as well don't they like you you or even it doesn't matter who you are you wake up in the morning and you feel terrible you don't know why you don't necessarily want somebody to fix it like you don't I think that there's that conversation to be had in schools where not everybody needs fixing
1: I think I think people as a whole find it really hard if they can't fix a problem they almost like panic they go there to fix when in fact all you kind of want is just reassurance yes like all I'd want is someone to be like feeling like this we're not like feeling great is normal I don't want to hear that I want to hear feeling how you feel is normal yeah and despite what you you think a lot of other people are feeling very similar therefore Mm they enhance it. how normal it is but this is why you're feeling this way. I'm not looking for you to find a solution. I'm sure I just want to learn why. Yeah. I want to understand because then I can find my own solution. And a lot of times there is no solution to puberty. It's just a acknowledge how you feel, validate how you feel and act accordingly. Okay. I'm in a really bad mood. So I'm probably going to distance myself from people today because it's not worth any potential conflicts that may arise. But then people need to respect that. Or I'm feeling pretty good today. Let's crack on. Or I'm feeling really sad today. Let me talk to someone about it. Because if you're sad at school, you can't talk about being sad. Mm-hmm. As a man, you can't talk about sadness. Like I, I think it, uh, my, when I went to the old boys' school, not, there was no element of anyone ever speaking about emotion, feelings. It didn't happen because you'd probably get beaten up. And that was just harsh reality. And mm-hmm. if you did fight at school, it was very much our boys' would be boys' testosterone, uh, which I do understand. But then you go into sick form, which my sick form was mixed. And again, you can't be sad. Like, I remember a guy I went to nursery with. I'd known him for many years. We weren't exactly close, but I'd known him since I was a a child. He died. And then, obviously you go into school and find out, oh, by the way, this person died. And you're like, all the the men were just emotionless. When deep down, you know, like, you'll want to cry, but you aren't going to cry in front of other people. So you'd have to go off to the toilet, have a cry, come back, make it look like nothing had happened. It's like, but that shouldn't be normal it's almost like it's taught in like that male culture to like i guess suppress your emotions yeah because you were told as a child or as a kid you're weak if you cry and i actually saw a really interesting ted talk about this um the guy kind of applied it to the military and to children he said when you're a child as like a like as a little girl if you fall over it's very much of affection i'll get your plaster i'll kiss it better things like that yeah. but when you're a little boy it's very much a man up uh boys don't cry things like that you you teach them from an early age that crying and emotion is weakness mm. and then they question why the male suicide rate is so high and then the military do the same thing with just people I.e., you go in and you're taught to show no emotion because i think one of the uh higher arts would say say said to the guy who did the TED talk so I could teach you to be hard or soft I can't teach you to be both but soft doesn't win wars it's like and immediately you look okay what's the veteran suicide rate looking like yeah Um, so I think ultimately it's hard because Teachers aren't trained for this. Like teachers aren't Mm. trained to deal with mental health in most cases. Teachers aren't trained to deal with puberty, but a male teacher should understand how men feel going through puberty because you felt it yourself. But maybe there's a generational lapse that kind of makes that a bit more problematic. I think there just needs to be a better I think people need to learn to understand rather than learn to try and fix.
0: Yes. And I just I just want to pick up on what you just said about um, you know this idea that male teachers might understand or be able to empathize or maybe deal with those situations in the classroom, right? Like when boys are kicking off, for example, or when they are arguing or when they're feeling sad and angry, you know, there is an element of lived experience, which I hmm. think needs to be validated more in schools in that, um, As a teacher, you obviously, and like, you know, no matter what profession you go into, you go through some form of training, and that training then becomes your blueprint, right? And unless on that blueprint, something like you must acknowledge and validate and understand the emotions of others simply for them being the emotions of others, Mm. until that conversation is facilitated or included in training and development because that's what we recognize as the right thing right like that's what we recognize as the appropriate way of I don't know becoming a teacher or whatever until that happens we're not going to fully understand or be able to uh, talk about male mental health or um body image in 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 schools
1: I think the thing is there's there's a reason why most boys at school from my understanding if they are having an emotional issue they will go to a female teacher
2: yes. not a
1: male teacher and i think that probably stems from childhood when you're mm. sad you speak to your mum yeah like, it's, it's what you do because dads don't really understand mental health and empathy that in most cases therefore male teachers probably don't understand it. And then men in general don't understand it. So it's okay, well, I'm having an emotional issue that needs empathy, I need to be nurtured. I'll go to someone who reminds me of my mum, which is gonna be a female.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that needs to shift.
0: And and it's interesting, isn't it? Because you could, we could argue that, you know, with uh, certain figures like Matt Haig, for example, um, and even like now Dr. Alex George in schools, like the shift is coming, but it is, it's not something that can happen overnight, even though we might think it should we might think it needs to right in for an ideal to,
1: world but in
0: an ideal world like, absolutely but it is there's a massive like and I think this is where people get quite overwhelmed and I can sort of as much as I don't well I don't know whether I agree or disagree with it in a way but like I can kind of see why schools might shut down those conversations because it's like you can be overwhelmed into isolation yeah. Where you're like, well, I actually don't, I don't have the knowledge or the education or the understanding of how to approach this. So what's the easiest thing to do? The easiest thing to do not is to move it. on and not approach it. And within the space of 9 to 3 p.m. Um, term time, when you've got so many other things to do, putting that level of work into something new. It's a bit like, you know, even if we think about racial prejudice, any any kind right. of uncomfortable conversation, it's easier to move on from it than to acknowledge it. But actually, I think like you've just said, we need to really tap into this why, like explain to students, male students, your anger perhaps, we call it the emotion is called it's like that there's that Disney film isn't there about emotions like they go inside like this little character's head I can't remember what it's called
1: I think I know I can't, um, remember, what it's I can't remember either oh yeah
0: but like they go inside that character's head and they're like this is anger this is happiness this is why it happens and I, I do think like just talking to students about that can really help Just just help them understand and like be, I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but to be present in the self of like, okay, this is why I'm experiencing what I am. Because for women, for example, if I'm feeling particularly emotional or I'm crying a lot and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm crying, usually has something to do with it being around my time of the month.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? But that level of, I think that conversation is becoming more normalized now. And I wonder if the conversation around male hormonal health also needs to be normalized to that extent
1: yeah I think so I think I think when it comes to hormonal health and mental health in general I think it needs to be I think it needs to be a shift so it doesn't look at it based on almost like gender identity but more just humanity
2: yes like if you're a human yeah.
1: let's talk about mental health I don't care what gender you uh, identify as if you're human, we're going to talk about mental health. It may not apply mm. to you, but maybe it'll apply to someone you know, and maybe you could do something to help in the future. Um, so I think that's something that needs to be addressed. Which... And that's
0: such a good point, actually. Like, that's something that, yeah, I'm, I didn't even think, of, like, that is such a good point about gender and that kind of emotion and health in general being a humanitarian.
2: Yeah, I was
1: thinking, like, we all have hormones. We all have health. Regardless yeah. of your gender identity, we have things inside us that we share. Mm. that that may be hormone imbalances although differing hormones but hormone imbalances nonetheless so let's talk about that as a collective rather than isolating this gender this gender this gender let's talk okay people let's go Um,
2: yeah
1: obviously it's easier obviously there are going to be different feelings based on uh like sex essentially based on your gender um but as a whole, the idea of mental health needs to be kind of brought in as a human issue rather than like a gender issue in that sense.
0: Yeah, that's such an important point. Is, that's, yeah, that's, and I, I don't even know where to start with. i need to, oh, Harry, I need to think about that pre-podcast um, in, <laughs> in terms of like, where do you even go? Like, where do you start with that? And I think, like you said, where we start with that is actually by talking to students in general, no matter,
1: almost... I mean, like what I would love like this sounds really stupid but i'd love to be able to go into a school and just talk in an assembly and just be like you know what? it it feels shit to feel shit do you know what i mean like just that yeah. simple like i love some to be like okay well either or either teachers put a massive school assembly like by the way you don't want to hear this but you're gonna hear this maybe once you hit like i don't know uh year eight or year nine or something just just mm-hmm. a warning of like we're gonna have a an hour long assembly where it sounds like a seminar we're gonna one of your lessons don't need to do it today we're gonna have assembly instead and we're just gonna talk about by the way a lot of things have probably started happening to you or will start happening to you and you're not really gonna know how to approach it so as a whole regardless of who you are this applies to all of you it just impacts you differently just like at a collective conversation like now you've planted the seed of okay, I can expect something's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, shit, you know, maybe that's why I've been feeling a bit aggravated my parents recently, but I can't understand why. And then, Or maybe bring someone in and be like, okay, hey, you won't listen to us because we're your teachers. Listen to these people. Yes. Like, do you mean, I, I just wish that was a thing, but I know I think, it's not.
0: And, but, well, I think if we have anything to do with it, it will soon become a thing. Um, it a, we can go we, into schools together. Yeah, let's go into schools together, Harry. We've talked about that before
1: i think we have yeah we
0: have well it will come it will happen
1: i did i did actually reach out to a lot of schools a few years ago i was uh um, i mean it must be like three years ago basically talk about trying to encourage a conversation about fitness and uh being healthier yeah and so, "Look, let me come into your school and just
0: talk. talk
1: to students uh no one replied
0: that's so telling
1: i reached out to like 33 i want to say 35 wow. schools and no one replied
0: you didn't even get a
1: response like no response no response uh that's like uh, one school replied because i went to that school previously hmm. and they said we'll consider it i chased them up they never replied again
2: See, that's this
1: just... is yeah this is when tfnl was coming around because i wanted to go in and talk about the importance of the body image
2: yeah and
1: how obviously tfnl associates with that and basically just I, mean, I want to go in as tfnl and be like body image is a thing and you need to understand that you all look different doesn't mean that anyone looks right or wrong you just mm. look like you and but yeah not, no one replied
0: that's a real shame and I really hope, I, hope re- I really hope that now that will change because I think sometimes in schools schools are an echo chamber right like they can mm. become that even though you know they shouldn't be in many ways because the idea of school is to open up your eyes and education is like to be transformative and but absolutely like it, it, that those conversations need to happen in assemblies. And it's, you know, I was speaking to um, another educator working on uh, programs for schools, like more looking at um, well-being and psychology holistically. Yeah, and yeah. it was really interesting, just going back to what you said about having these assemblies, because I would have those conversations with my students in schools, where I'd and it might have been about around grades, where I'd be like, listen guys, I know you all want an A star, but can we just acknowledge that that's just not going to be possible for everybody? As much as we want A stars, Let's look at it from yeah. a different perspective. Like, And I know I'm talking about academics here, but I was like, let's look at your interests. Let's look at timelines. Let's look at whether you really and well and truly actually want this or does society want this for you, right?
1: I was saying, like, did you have a good relationship with your students?
0: I had a very, very good relationship with my students. Do you not students?
1: think there's a correlation there the fact oh, that you're yeah. open? Yeah, do you mean? The fact that you speak about things and open it and maybe approach it from an unconventional manner then enhance your relationship with students with in turn probably encourage them to do better yeah. because they are actively invested in you
0: 100% 100% then, like
1: that should be quite an, a decent model to follow saying oh god if the, if this happened maybe we could try it maybe if they maybe if our student or our teachers speak to the students like their people and our students now care about the teachers like their people they'll then work harder because they care about who they're working with
0: yeah 100% uh, I can't even, I I I completely agree with you. And I think had I not worked on my relationships with my students, which a lot of them stemmed from humour, they stemmed, yeah. stemmed from shared experiences. Because um, you're young it,
1: and cool. Because
0: I was young and cool. I was, oh, not anymore, but I was <laughs> young and cool. But yeah, like even like, I remember my kids talking to me about their favourite Instagram filters and they were like, Miss, do you have a favourite Instagram filter? And I was like, yes, at the time it was Valencia.
1: Well, times have changed. I didn't, <laughs> but, I didn't have Instagram back in the day.
0: But do you, but do you know what I mean? It's like those conversations, or even like kids knowing, like Harry, like just to kind of, a bit of a disclaimer, Harry and I used to go to the same gym. Harry has trained me in the past. In the day. In the, back in the day. Many and many like even, Yeah, but even in the term, like kids were like, oh, you you do deadlifts and you, you I remember having a press-up competition with my students in an English lesson. Love it. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. But stuff like that, moments like that, I think are what intrinsically support the transparent conversations that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I do think like, obviously, this isn't a criticism of teachers in that, you know, you've got to have a press-up competition with your kids or you've got to, I don't know, be best friends with your students. It's just about using, it's about establishing relationships of trust, I think. Mm with kids and showing them that you're more than a teacher you're a person
1: yeah I I think that's a I think it's a good point in the sense that as students or as kids and teenagers you don't see teachers as people you see teachers as as authoritative figures and immediately you don't like authority that's why a lot of teenagers probably dislike the police because they just don't like authority it's why a lot of teenagers maybe and that probably stems from the hormonal changes that contribute them probably disliking their parents a bit because they're an authoritative figure. Yeah. And then yeah. that kind of transitions to everything. And so, like, well, I'd love to be in a position where I could go into like, I used to have a teacher. I'm, I'm a shaman, Mr. Lawson, great teacher. I loved him. Honestly, he was my business teacher at school. And I look forward to going to his lessons because he was young. He was cool. He was 25 at the time or something. And he was just a really nice guy. And if I was feeling a bit crappy, I, he would acknowledge it and try e- yeah. are be Okay. It's all I needed just, just to know like, okay, you're a person. I, I would look forward to going to his classes because it wouldn't be different. It wouldn't be, okay, this is what we're going to cover today. Read and write. It was like, this is what we're going to cover today. Practical application. Let's have a bit of fun with it. Go on the computer, find this. Now we've looked at this and this. Like go on the computer, go through Facebook. What do you notice? I saw this advert. Okay, let's talk about marketing then.
2: Yeah, so I mean, just, yeah,
1: just yeah. Things like that. Like, oh, okay, I didn't think this is going to happen. And was I, I, just a cool dude. Uh, if all lessons were like that
0: and I have to say like I those are the best lessons with my students like they'd come in and I'd be like how's your day or we'd be like they'd be like miss we're not in the mood to learn and we would talk about why I mean a lot of the time never in the mood they were never in the mood but those lessons were the best I mean don't get me wrong I remember the kids laughing in my face saying miss you could never shout and I've obviously I've I've been the teacher for 10 years at the beginning of my career I did have a go at students at times I did like my behavior management wasn't the best, right? Like it's, it's a learning process, but I then realized, and going back to your um, points about training and education for teachers, I then realized I hadn't, I hadn't been taught how to manage personality in the classroom, but equally what I'd also realized that's not something I can be taught. That's something that I have to almost say, okay, what triggers me in a lesson? Yeah. The first thing I'd say to kids is like, guys, we just got to trust each other. I I hate seating plans, so I never used one. Not yeah, because I, don't
1: like them either.
0: I, I couldn't handle them. Not because they were bad. Like I might have used them a bit because I needed to learn names and it was an easy way to learn names. But after that, I'd say to the kids, sit where you like. If you drive me insane, in the sense that you're not listening, you're you're purposefully disrupting a lesson then we're going to talk about it right but you yeah. almost I don't think it's I don't think it's right to go into a lesson or into school or, or, or with students especially distrusting them
1: well, you've so got you to go, go and in say trusting them yeah you go in and say okay I'm going to trust you and for that I'm going to give you a privilege and that yes. privilege you can sit to your friends but if you if you break my trust you're going to lose that privilege yeah so your incentive is not to build that privilege from nothing it's uh, i've given it to you i'm gonna have i'm gonna take it away from you yeah because if you go in with the seating plan and like, okay that it's working well now i'm gonna trust you to be your friends you give them the privilege it's like well it's kind of difficult because you you haven't tested that kind of stimulus. Now you give them yeah. the privilege to start with and take it away. That's much more of a hit to them than the else because it's like, okay, well, I know I know how good it was sitting next to my friend and now I've lost that. You on be- the seated plan, you don't have that. I know how good it was because I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it's what it makes it makes privilege conditional in a way in a classroom. And I think if you want a classroom to be a safe space, it can't be. Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether that makes sense, but it's this no, idea of like, you know, you've just got to, you've got to be on the same side as students, you it's know. Mutual
1: respect, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and I remember in my most recent experience in teaching, the kids were like, "Miss, you can't shout." You're like they couldn't even. They were laughing at me because they couldn't imagine me, I don't know, telling a kid off, you know. Yeah. And I and I said to them, I was like, "That's such a in my my little teacher head." I was like, "It's such a shame that to you, being a proper teacher." involves shouting do you know what I mean like they were like you're not a normal teacher and I was like no but I am a normal teacher like you're learning I hope you're learning in my lessons type thing but it was so it was just such a I think it it does come back to I know we need to bring it back to PE (laughs) because we've spoken about everything else but (laughs) PE but I think it does come back to like you said having those choices in sport having those choices in okay I don't feel like playing I don't feel like Uh, playing football because i'm not confident i don't enjoy it i'm an. i don't know whether being you know it could be something to do i did a podcast on introversion um an extroversion it could have something to do with that right which is
1: if if you're more introverted you may be less inclined to participate in team sports maybe yeah Because, like i said if you prefer just kind of being around you and on your own you probably don't want to have to communicate communicate in mass amounts with a team in a sport you probably don't really care about.
0: And also, even if you do want to do it, you might only want to do it in small bursts, right? You might yeah. not want to do it every single p lesson from September to, Dece- <laughs> to December. I think, like
1: you're taught as, a, as a, a boy at school that, okay, we're going to do football because boys love football. Oh, that yeah. must be it. like oh, guys love football. We're going to play football. You're going to love it. I hated it. Passion. Hated it. Mm. Didn't stand it. Didn't like sport in general. Um, but also like. Why do I ha- like? Am I weird for not liking this? And if I didn't like it, then people would almost like shame me for not liking it because I'll—it's like, oh, not mas— it's masculine to like football. It's like, God, well, I hate football. So I'm—am I not a man? Mm. Like, well, so many questions come to mind. And it's like, okay, well, if I perform badly in football, am I going to get laughed at? Am I going to get judged? And then you look at like when we did rugby, then we go into obviously send me into body image. It's like, well, I'm naturally extremely skinny. I'm mm. going to get slapped. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be able to like I can't do anything here I'm not even fast like Mm. what do I do so immediately like anxiety but like why would I get so nervous to play rugby it's like well like why do I feel sick all the time then you understand like oh wait this is something else yeah obviously like I didn't know what anxiety was until I must have been in my 20 like maybe 20 21 yeah I must have been yeah about 21 22
0: well I you know even for me, like I don't think that word even existed when I was at school, right? Like it wasn't even, it just wasn't an acknowledged emotion. I don't I don't think, from my memory of it.
1: Same as, same as depression. Like I didn't know what yeah. depression was. Like I, I remember being 16 and obviously my mum at uh, one point being severely depressed. And I was like, I'll just cheer up. But like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Like, I I didn't even know what, like depression was a word.
0: And I, I think there probably are lots of students or even professionals who can who can relate to that, you know? Even me, like I I have to say, like since until I had my child in a way, you know, things like postnatal depression, Mm. um, even things like anxiety around having a child, like all of the, you know, then thinking about my child's got to go to school, how did my students, even when I was in that teaching role, I empathized with my students, but because there wasn't enough education around it perhaps, or maybe, and part of that is my own fault, I should have done more. I should have done more to research and educate myself, like you said. Like, it's, it's, it's about enabling those conversations. Um, but I really do hope that like, the fact that even we're having this podcast now, right? Like, I think that in itself is quite telling that the conversations are opening up. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to just talking about going back to men, um boys at school I just wanted to touch on like you mentioned that you're really into lifting so like bodybuilding and heavy lifting Um, and then also like just want to talk touch on body dysmorphia Mm. um what that is and the sort of it's like a a massive question but the impact of social media because we all know that the health and fitness industry has taken off like a storm on socials And in fact, I, I don't know, I don't have any stats around this, but pretty much every influencer, every celebrity we follow will at some point post their workout. If they're not a, they're not a fitness pro, you will have even like Kim Kardashian, for example, right? Like posting her doing a workout. Like it's yeah. just, it, 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 fitness has become an intrinsic part of social media. How do you, how does that, how, do, how would you, how would you tell male students to manage that their exposure to fitness online to what fitness actually is which is something that i know that you discuss on tfnl mm. what would your advice be to like li- like not necessarily sick well sick form students i know but like younger students coming into secondary school especially
1: it, it's hard because saying like, i mean like multiple minds of it what the first reaction i had was just don't follow influencers mm. <laughs> just straight up to, just don't follow them um but then obviously that's what we spoke about before is that avoids the issue it doesn't overcome it yeah like realistically you're not gonna engage in upward social comparisons where you compare yourself to someone you deem to be superior to you if you're not following them mm-hmm. um but then flip it around it shouldn't be an avoidance you should just learn not to compare in that sense i think when it comes to like fitness and lifting is find the try everything like, if you're trying to get into lifting, try everything, find what you enjoy. Because realistically, if you say, oh, I want to get bigger, but I don't like doing this and this, the best training method for you is the one you can remain most consistent with. Mm-hmm. So well, and good saying this is the optimal route. If you can't stick to that route, you're not never going to get to the end. Um, although this other route may take a bit longer. If you can stick to it, you're going to get there. So find what you like and then find people in that, I guess, sport, perhaps, that are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So if it came to like, let's say you're looking at like the bodybuilding power just the biomechanics of lifting in general people like jeff nippard those who don't thrive of just posting i guess fancy workouts and half naked pictures which is fine if that's what you want to do do that but those who thrive of posting science yeah like really if you read a post and you don't get anything from it it's probably not what a post that was worth reading but if you can come away from it and say okay i read this but i didn't realize you could actually barbell squat like this i've learned something from this valuable post this mm-hmm. person produces a lot of valuable content i'll probably put more effort into looking at him than i would other people whereas you look at this person oh this the a miracle a lot great physique what did i learn from that mm, that my physique isn't as good as lesson? yeah a
0: i guess like you're saying post that sort of trigger comparison syndrome yeah. are perhaps slightly to- are very toxic and they can be inadvertent they, they might not even mean to be do you know what I mean like they might not even it I think it becomes I, I spoke about this to another student about a completely different matter that sometimes we just have to think about ourselves as opposed to what we see so yeah. just because somebody's got x amount of followers or x amount of engagement or seems successful doesn't mean that that's your version of
1: yeah well the thing is we live in a world where a number essentially dictates or influences your worth these mm-hmm. days um and that's quite sad but i also think like it's about learning and building that stability in yourself first like realistically i look at people like chris bumstead who's uh, a mr or well, mr olympian classic physique and i'm like he has an amazing physique yeah. i like, honestly i, lo- I love, love his physique looks great doesn't mean it makes me feel worse about myself because i've kind of learned like i've I don't really compare like the one of the old like mottos in TFNO used to be you versus you yeah we used to say it's a bit of a joke but it kind of has an like underlying meaning of like who cares what someone else looks like like by all means if you want to look at their physique and be like oh, I appreciate that and maybe give you a bit of motivation to train a bit harder perhaps who knows fine but if you're like I oh, look at that physique therefore I now feel bad about myself it's like well why do you feel bad about yourself like the whole journey of fitness should be not trying to be someone else. So we lot of people are switching menu. Like oh, I want to look like this person. I want to look like Arnold. I want yeah. to look like Jay Cutler. It's like, well, why not? Why not flip around and why not want to look like you? Just a, the best version of you. Yeah. Not saying that your current version isn't good enough, but let's just let's just improve. Let's just move forward with it. So that's the way I kind of push people. Is like, yeah, look at people, compare if you want to, but not in a comparison sense that you're less. Just the comparison sense of. I'm I'm getting closer. I'm doing better now.
0: So how would you so obviously what we've just spoken about is very much social media related which makes complete sense. Now schools I'll be honest like there are also lots of students without Instagram. There are lots of students whose parents have very responsible relationships with them and their relationships there then with social media if that makes sense. Um, how how can this level of healthy education be centralised at school, like when we think of what And I know I'm not. You know, I'm, I know you're not a teacher. And right? well, you are a teacher actually through TFNL. But like I know you're not like a, a school. Degree. Yeah, but I know you're not like a a school teacher. So I understand if this question might be a bit too. I don't know. Like you might say, I don't know what the answer is, which I understand. But from your experience as a male student, thinking back to you as a teenager. How what would you have wanted to know then? Like how how would you think it could have been centralised in your PE lessons, for example?
1: I think obviously, like regarding knowing what you know when the answer is, like do you ever know what the answer is? It's most of it's just an opinion, and then then it's a path that's then followed. But I think realistically, with that, I just wish that I was taught what to expect.
2: Mm.
1: Like obviously, saying centralising around obviously social media and everything, and like even peer lessons, I wish I was just taught the realities and the harsh realities that people probably don't want to hear which is social media is a thing social media is going to make you feel like this but you need to kind of bring it back I think towards the the biggest lesson I wish I was taught about then is who's on steroids and who's not
2: Mm. like
1: which is a conversation no one wants to have because realistically you can't prove it but I wish someone just said to me if like realistically if you look at someone whose physique looks unbelievable and they make a living from looking like that year round there is a high likelihood that they are taking enhancements to look like that and that's not a negative because it's a personal choice at the end of the day if you want to go down that route go down that route but i think the conversation of natural status online especially for men is so damaging mm-hmm. because you go online you see everyone's like, oh this guy's natural this guy's natural who, well first of all who cares mm-hmm. uh, second of all I, I doubt it do you know what I mean like <laughs> it's it's highly unlikely so that's why even through like everything i've done I, I we don't i don't make a natural claim or a not natural claim because it's irrelevant it doesn't matter whether i am or not first of all if if i am you will you will decide that opinion yourself if i'm not you'll decide that for yourself i can say i am or i'm not or whatever and someone's opinion will always disagree regardless of what said you will find your own opinion mm-hmm. so i just sh- don't think it's a conversation that needs to be had i just assume that what and whatever anyone, if someone's trying to sell me something and they say I'm natural, I took this supplement to look like this, I bought it. I spent so much money. I used to work at Waitrose, I used to spend 75% of my monthly earnings on supplements because I was adamant it was going to make me look like people like Jeff Side, who were very big at the time, and like just these great names I really aspired to look like. Then I realized that, oh my god, I'm spending 300 pounds a month on supplements. I look no different, madness, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like, yeah. but that,
1: that was never taught to me because at school they're like oh take protein powder you get bigger or if you don't drink protein you don't work out you get fat it's like no it's As in, i
0: think i think the lessons aren't that simple like you said like it's almost like you know i don't think i was even told about protein powder at school but i think like education around and I understand, I understand that we want to protect children. Like, I get that. Like, you might not want to talk to a student about supplements or about steroids, for example. Um, or like you said, was it enhancement?
1: Yeah, um, just any kind of enhancement. Yeah,
0: I get, I do, I do appreciate that a teacher and a school and the education establishment is doing their best to protect and keep kids safe.
1: I think the thing is, when you go down the route of, all we're doing this protect, as we spoke about earlier with the crisis thing, If you have the idea of going on enhancements if someone says anything about enhancements it's not going to change your view Mm. like if you're going to do it you're going to do it if you've never thought about enhancements saying have you ever thought about enhancements or this person's probably on enhancements it's probably not going to make you think about enhancements because you've you probably already have thought about them it doesn't appeal to you which is fine
2: Mm. i
1: think i know i think people need that reality of check of all these people that claim they're natural are probably not so and it's like oh why would they lie it's like oh god do they make money from supplements they money make money from workout program programs that you now buy because you think it'll help you look like them but then you don't look like them and then you hate yourself for not looking like them it's mm-hmm. like oh, put two and two together great marketing the natural status is great marketing yeah um, i think the same applies to a female i think it applies to any gender to be honest is yes. that
0: yeah
1: someone will always claim something help them achieve their look when it Probably didn't. Be that detox teas, uh, supplements in general, be that workout programs, whatever it may be. Some will always say, I I got this because of this. It's like, "Mm, you got this because of 10 years of pretty decent work and some solid training where you likely lifted weights
0: so perhaps then education around psycho sports psychology i think oh, i don't know what you call it like that that needs to come into school because i always i guess whilst you're talking i'm trying to think about okay so how would that fit into a 12 year old's curriculum because it always needs
1: he- to be like life skills it always yes. seems to be pushed yeah. towards, like i didn't have life skills or anything like that at school i had oh, we had pshe
0: for, do you have pshe
1: i did for uh, one of my schools but they're not for the other okay um and then that was, uh, when I went to the private school, I didn't.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Independent sector is yeah. Dif- works differently. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's weird. I, but the other thing is they also discourage weightlifting. Um,
0: yes. And I, I have to say, way. cause I, when I did, when I did my PT qualification, I'm pretty sure it said on there that teenagers shouldn't weight train.
1: See, the massive, oh, drop some science on you, you ready for this. Uh, the mm-hmm. massive misconception was that, oh, people who are still growing, a skeletal growth, shouldn't engage in resistance-based activities like compression-based movements, like back squatting and weight training because it stunts your growth. Whenever you see someone at school who was a bit shorter than everyone else, but was quite stocky, and mm-hmm. was like, oh, it's because he started lifting weights young when he was 14, he stopped growing. It's like, no, his parents are five foot five. That's probably why he's five foot five. Do you know what I mean, there's, there's probably a correlation there. Uh, when you are weightlifting you are not under spinal compression for long enough to it for it to negatively impact the growth plates so regardless mm. of when you says if you're lifting weights at 16 years old 15 years old whatever it's not going to stunt your growth that's um, so
0: interesting
1: yeah you're not under compression for long enough it just it just doesn't happen everyone just kind of went that because oh well if you've got a bar on your back and you're trying to grow then for the 15 seconds you've got a bar on the back it's going to prevent you from growing it's like well think about how slowly you grow how how much do you grow in 15 seconds mm. like do you mean microscopic um well why would that change do you know what i mean it's just a lot of outdated crap in the industry and it, people still believe it like there's a guy called tristan lee who's really big in the industry he's like 18 years old he's been lifting since he was like 11 years old he's also on a lot of enhancements and he's five foot three everyone's like oh god he's because he started lifting when he was younger I was like, i'm pretty sure his parents like five two
2: so really yeah, that's probably
1: why. Or maybe you just got unlucky. Shit happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, like, <laughs> my mum's five two, my sister's five two, my auntie's four eleven, I'm I'm six two. Yeah. Okay. I mean yeah. like granted my dad's taller, but my family are quite short. I mean, it's
0: so interesting that, you know, like, and all of these, all of what we're saying might sound uncomfortable to a teacher, right? Like, and it might sound uncomfortable to, oh God, how different. do I, yeah, how do I bring these conversations into class? And I think it is about creating that safe space of saying, okay, can we just talk about your views and it is you know it, it might be i'm just trying to think of it from a teacher in a school's point of view run it past parents you know involve yeah. the community see is there someone yeah. in your community like you for example who would come in with that extra knowledge and be able to manage that kind of conversation like there's a lot of pressure on teachers they don't need to have every single conversation they just need to facilitate them
1: i think like it's hard bringing parents there because from my experience of parents i having parents uh if someone were to present them with an idea that they weren't familiar with immediately it shut down
2: mm. like if
1: i said to my mom about supplements for example it's like "Oh, supplements they're like steroids are going to do this i'm like no they're not and but despite the fact that i've been in the industry for 10 years despite the fact that i've got two degrees i'm wrong mm. but, and that's still that still happens to this day if i like if my mum ever saw me taking like drinking protein she's like and I'm like let's say two days later I've got a really bad headache immediately she's like because you're taking those protein shakes again. <laughs> I'm like I'm like so I say to her I said can I have some give me some evidence give me some research that backs your claim and I said mom, I've been in the industry for 10 years nearly and I've got let's say two degrees I I know a bit uh, know a little bit immediately I'm still wrong though I'm like I sorry, think that's where just are your credentials." His-
0: I wonder if that's just like, because I have to say, I've probably had the same experiences with my parents. And I wonder if it's just that like kind of child parent experience. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> which does need to, I, I, and that's why yeah. I think having those conversations at school can be like a neutral ga- ground, right? Like you're almost all on a level playing field. Like in a school, you're not mum and son. In a school, you're there, at, I don't know, a conference or you're there for, an. you're there to learn right and i wonder if involving like i just think schools when it comes to i know we've talked i feel like we've talked about a lot in this on this podcast but when it comes to like talking about physical health for boys like kind of going past gender identity mm. when it comes to mental health and well-being um it would be great if schools could facilitate those conversations absolutely yeah more transparently, you know
1: the, the only fear I have is obviously when there's always that worry that it's great facilitating those conversations, but if they're not then continued at home, mm. it sounds like you're you're fighting a losing battle
0: so from my experience as a teacher and I get what you're saying because it is quite hard, and obviously it then has an impact on the on a teacher's mental health as well mm. right you've got to and it comes back to I guess those sort of mindfulness principles where you know i'd always i well i f- i hope i did would say to my students you can't control everything you've no. got to kind of figure out what is in your control and what is out of your control and if if during the hours and of 9 to 3 or term time i am in i am in a position of responsibility and privilege that i could facilitate a conversation around how to support student mental health i could facilitate a conversation for my uh, parents um, of male students around how to normalise discussions around um, boys crying, for example, yeah. or boys not wanting to be play football. If I can facilitate that, then I should absolutely facilitate that, regardless of what's outside of my control. Does that make sense?
1: Like, no, no, I get you. I get you.
0: Kind of going beyond that sort of. Um, well, they might not keep talking about it at home.
1: But maybe it plants a seed.
0: Yes, exactly, and I think you know I think this is where like you know when we were talking about before like influencer culture and social media etc we shouldn't we shouldn't get lost in what our responsibility is like no, yeah. nobody's like for you for example Harry even with TFNL, it would be amazing if your YouTube channel could encourage every single young person to not care about comparison syndrome or what other people are doing and just to focus on their
1: body I think I I just wish it was I I wish we lived in a world where kind of positive or positive reinforcement and just like the minimal social social comparison was a thing yeah but obviously I know it's probably never going to happen but we can at least lean it to a direction where it's it's happening
0: exactly and even
1: conversations not just with that but like with mental health as well and like I said at school I wish I wish I had a teacher that just turned around and said, you know what? I feel a bit crap today.
2: Mm. And you're
1: like, wow. Like uh, in my whole educational like career, it was third year of uni where I, fi- uh, where I had a teacher that said to me, or just said to the class, by the way, I'm, I'm having a bad day.
2: Mm.
1: Like, it was my dissertation supervisor. So he walks into like the, the lecture in front of like, all of the business students, business finance, everything and said, right. Like, when we met him, he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I suffer from depression. Mm. I have good days. I have bad days. I'm on medication for it. I'm trying what I can. I've been doing this for ten years. Blah blah blah. Um, just today, I'm having a really bad day. So I'm sorry if my energy isn't where it normally is. um I will still say I want you to learn. I'm just, I'm just not in the, in the best place. And there was no negative backlash from that. It was very much like, "Do you want a hug?" Like yeah, yeah. Like, I just wanted to hug him. But then the, you... it would be a bit awkward just walking up in the middle of <laughs> 150 <laughs> people like, "Come here, give me a hug." <laughs> but like I, I would love that at school if someone just yeah. said like you know what it's okay if you feel crap mm. um, maybe you've seen something online you'd rather not see maybe you're not feeling very good about your body image because you've just been bombarded by loads of your friends come back from holiday and they're all in bikinis and you don't look you don't have the same body shape as them and suddenly you don't like your body because you don't have a thigh gap for example i think that's quite a thing at the moment it's like I hope,
0: well, is it i hope it's not anymore but yeah it was when i was younger
1: yeah it was when i was younger around not that ago again but like i wish we've like you look at the way you do because that's how you were born
2: mm. and just
1: because you don't look like them doesn't mean you look worse yeah. you look different but if you look the same would you be where's the value in looking the same as everyone else yeah A point of being like unique diverse etc i think I no, I think that conversation needs to be had as well. Also, body shape needs to be spoken about.
0: Yes, and and again, like you know, I know we've sort of gone beyond male uh, physical yeah, health like and mental health, but. but actually, I think it, there's a really important part here where you're saying, you know, well, what exactly, you know, we need to redefine, or not, e- not even define. We need to stop looking for a definition of what masculinity is and what health for a man looks like we just need to encourage individuals to say okay what do you enjoy and want to work towards when it comes to your health yeah and let's do that because that well, is I, possible
1: i think we live in a world where we are it's hard because it's, it's about finding that transition is that you always want to give students more power to pursue the avenue they want to pursue without parental involvement and teacher involvement and you're basically saying like Okay, how can we give you that power, but also you still need to ask to go to the toilet?
2: Do you mean like you you
1: take the power away from them, but you also want to give it to them? I remember a quote saying, you can't expect students to know what they want to do uh, as a career when they still have to ask to go to the toilet. Just things Mm. like that. And you're like, "Mm," it doesn't obviously... Obviously, you understand you can't just walk out of the class go to the toilet. Well, in university, you can, which is great. Um, I have to
0: say though, that is one thing that I used to fight against at school because I used to say to my colleagues and the students, "I was like, going to the toilet is a fundamental human right."
1: Imagine how cool it would be, just like if you walk as, as a teacher, you just said, "Don't ask to go to the toilet. If you need to go to the toilet, just go. Just don't." I tell used me, to say go. that
0: though. But I was ha- that teacher, and then I'd get in trouble for it because but, I was like, remember? "But what? What? Listen, like I I literally say to my colleagues, like." by stopping them from going to the, uh, the toilet, I'm automatically implying that they're going to do something wrong. So I'm yeah, impl- I'm planting that seed in their head and in my own head that oh, going to the toilet means messing around.
1: It's a privilege, like we said about the seating plan earlier. Imagine if you said, okay, you want to go to the toilet, go to the toilet. If they're going to do something wrong, they're going to do something wrong anyway. If someone says to you, I need to go to the toilet, And you're going to say yes anyway. In most cases, you're going to say yes because you can't say, how dare you go to the toilet? Yeah. So if they're going to do something wrong, it's going to happen anyway. But the privilege is, I'm trusting you. Yeah. If you need to go to the toilet, go to the toilet. If you break that trust, you're going to have to ask Do you mean like give them that? Like I'm, I'm giving you an equal sense of control. Yeah. Please don't make me take it back.
0: Exactly. And honestly, yes. And that was always like I always say to the kids, like the big greatest thing for me is that you guys can talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. Yeah. But please just don't be nasty to other people. I said there's no need to be purposefully mean, purposefully aggressive, or rude. I think that the kids would once ask me, they were like, "What triggers you?" And I was like, "Rudeness triggers me." I was like, there's absolutely no need to be rude. Like, they're just, I don't know, in my mind, I'm like, you can, everybody can rise above that. Of course, you're going to have moments where, you know, you need to check yourself. And, you know, we all do, don't we? We all do. But I was like, on the whole, that bugs me more than anything. Like, you shouldn't want to cause... Pain or hurt to somebody else for the sake for the sake of your what is it? I don't there's I think there is a phrase for it and then like in psychology like for the sake of your enjoyment or pleasure
1: worst well, so right. thing you shouldn't essentially take away from someone to add to yourself like you shouldn't hurt someone to gain from it I mean yeah. it's just um,
0: exactly. and
1: realistically that's usually come from place of insecurity or yeah. hormonal differences that you can't understand right now Like I'm being rude because I just feel angry I'm not yeah. angry at you I'm angry at the world but you just happen to be here sorry
2: yeah I yeah
1: do you know the thing is I think if you were to give students like an element of control like encouraging them to follow a path that they want to follow to obviously optimize their happiness and optimize their journey like realistically we have a life we are all going to the life is going to end at some point let's get from a to b in the in the best possible way mm. the way that implies that I have the most enjoyment and fulfill the most purpose as possible I think that stems from small things such as if you want to go to the toilet just go yeah, like, like, <laughs> I but, agree. Like, but the thing is, like small things like that, so relevant to most people. Yeah. But if I can walk into a class where every teacher, or into school, every teacher from the start said, "If you need to go to the toilet, just go to the toilet." immediately it's like I have control over my life I'm respected I feel like an adult now Mm. so when they say what do you want to do with your life it's like well I'm no longer I'm going to take away the value of what other people want me to do I'm going to start focusing on myself because I've been given an element of control I've never had before
2: Yeah. yeah I mean you
1: immediately take the power from authoritative figures and those who are essentially trying to guide kids and give it to the kids because mm. if you say oh i want you to be a lawyer and they become a lawyer and they hate their life it's okay well they're probably going to suffer from mental health difficulties you know you know mm. encourage a child to go down a route that they don't want to go down and because of that their life has been negatively impacted for your own personal gain yeah but, like yeah sure you're proud of them but i'd be more proud of a child if they were like i'm happy oh, yes. man, now i'm proud of you yeah,
0: hundred percent. No, I completely agree. And I really hope that with the move towards um, supporting student mental health, um, like you said, regardless of gender identity, we are getting there. And equally, like, you know, just as a bit of a, I don't know what you'd call it, a caveat, we're not saying that, you know, let obviously allow children um, we're using the analogy of going to the toilet of course there will be those kids that are going to wind you up like kids white kids wind teachers up like that is a people thing. in
1: general will just piss you off exactly that is like life.
0: it's not about i've had that when kids have literally been like in three times in a lesson miss i need to go to the to the toilet and there comes a point where i'm like okay no you don't like and they, and they will put it on they'll be like you know joke you know they'll be like no but i really do i really I do i really do i really do At that point, I think it's just common sense to a certain extent where
1: Yeah, like the thing is, imagine like this happened at school, obviously I'm not gonna name names, but there was an episode where a kid did need to go to the toilet and the teacher wouldn't let him go and he pissed his pants. And immediately everyone's like, Oh, obviously I wasn't at school at this point, I'd heard about it. Um, everyone's laughing. It's like but the teacher has taken away from the child's or the kid's ability to go to the toilet he's now embarrassed himself yeah. and his anxiety and his school experience has taken a massive hit that's probably going to stay in his mind for years yeah. never mind this was 10 years ago why do I still remember it I wonder yes. you know I mean I bet he still remembers I wasn't even there I just heard about it I was in another class I mean I bet he still remembers it I bet that's contributed to how he feels I bet that's probably having a lingering effect on underlying anxiety especially mm. around maybe Toilet related anxiety, maybe you can't go to the toilet in front of other people. There's so many things that probably stem from that that you don't pick up on.
0: And equally, for women, for example, you know, you don't know when it's like, and I know this is becoming a lot more um, in a positive way, commonplace in schools because, you know, if a girl's on her period, if she's, you know, it's a time of the month, you can't control that, right? And that goes for teachers too. Like, you know, as a teacher, I was always told you can't leave your class. Well, I'm sorry, if I need to use yeah,
2: if you need the, to, the, the to toilet,
0: going? I'm going to use the toilet. Like I just can't, yeah, I feel like this has become a big toilet talk conversation.
1: <laughs> I feel like this toilet talk with a lot of value though.
0: Yes, it is, it is. Um, but no, I think it makes complete sense that we just need to enable male students to break through the taboos associated, not, sorry, not taboos, expectations associated with fitness, health, masculinity and then also break taboos around male mental health yeah they can talk about it they can say they're not okay they can say that they want to cry for example without the fear of peer to peer in I don't know um what's the peer pressure or judgment etc um and actually you know teachers don't should also reassure themselves that the expectation isn't for them to have every answer it's just to facilitate a conversation around it
1: I think like I think I live in this dream that one day the idea of like male and I guess gender like I said earlier gender-based mental health just won't exist it will just be mental health human-based mental health Uh, but I think I think, yeah, I do think a lot more needs to be taught or, like, mm-hmm. obviously more conversations, even just surrounding, like, your body. By the way, you've hit puberty. Your body's going to change now. Yes. It's going to feel really weird. Like, women are going to start developing breasts. You're going to start bleeding, et cetera. There yeah. are a lot of things that are going to happen that you're all like, this is weird. I don't like it. Some people are going to develop far earlier on. Like, a friend of mine's uh, child is six years old and she's got a condition now. She's gone through puberty. Wow. And, and like that can be so damaging because at six years old you don't like you've only just gone to school you don't know what is going on to your body
2: yeah. like
1: that is frightening and she's gonna get bullied to shit but she shouldn't that's the yeah. thing but she will and like her parents are petrified that she's gonna get bullied and mm-hmm. how much of a damaging like or knock on the fact that's gonna have to her because when you're six years old you don't understand things that you're not gonna learn about for seven more years or something
2: mm. I
1: think that conversation needs to be almost embedded earlier on and then continued later saying, even as men, by the way, your body's going to change and you're probably not going to like it. You're going to grow in certain areas. You're going to get hair in weird areas. You're going to start thinking weird thoughts that you've probably Mm. not been exposed to before. Like those are things that happen. You may get lumps So you may develop breast tissue,
2: Mm.
1: like things like that. Like, well done. That's puberty. And by the way, all the things you're worried about, like, i.e., like gynecomastia is really common in like two groups of people one being pd users so those who take enhancements and the other one being like young young boys and that largely sends obviously development of breast tissue as your testosterone goes up your estrogen also goes up which then can lead to the development of breast tissue and now suddenly you've got a relatively like slim guy who now has like a, a man boob and immediately he's like, I'm going to get bullied. So I'm not going to take my top off on the beach. Or I'm not going to do this and this and this. It's like, well, that's that's puberty. That's normal. Mm. Like, you should be taught to expect things of that. And also reminded that it's, it's going to go. And a lot of other people are probably dealing with dealing with it as well.
0: And just to say like this, obviously this podcast is aimed at students and teachers, but some of the conversation that we're having, we're not expecting like an 11 or a 12-year-old to have it in the same way as no, we are, no. right? Needs,
1: you need to it, adapt your audience.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's really important to, to consider as well that, you know, it isn't about unleashing a whole barrage of information on a six or a seven-year-old who you know, has no idea, like childhood is extremely... I think I really do value childhood. I think it's so important that innocence, you know, I think, unfortunately, around the world, that innocence has become a privilege. But the idea yeah. is, is that we want to say that it's not it, it's not a privilege, it's a human right, like to kind of enjoy your childhood. But equally, yeah. it's a school's responsibility to ensure children are mentally and emotionally prepared for natural changes to your yeah. to, to your body like they, they, it's not a they're not we almost need to deproblemize them you know we need to stop making them a problem we need to say it's it's normal to have I think
1: you have a negative response to something if it's like threatening or problematic yeah but if it's normal yeah. would the negative response exist
0: yeah exactly yeah Do you
1: mean it's just a question of like this is going to happen we'll help how we can but also understand that everyone else is probably dealing with it as well talk to each other Yeah. encourage conversation
0: yeah and that's just- that yeah. That's exactly what school should be is, to encourage conversation.
1: Well, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it there.
0: And I feel like I've just realised that like, we've been talking for a very long time, Harry. And I know that you've got work to do. <laughs> um, but this has been such a interesting conversation.
1: We could do round two. We can point. do.
0: I think we should do round two. I definitely think we should do a round two. I'd be, um, I'd
1: be more than game. Before you know, we'll be you. going to school together.
0: I know. Well, hold on to that thought.
1: I'm there for it, I think it'd be
0: good. Yeah, 100%. And thank you so much for your time.
1: It's a pleasure, thank you for having me on.
0: And I think, you know, if any student, male or female, or, you know, regardless of gender, if you want to go and speak to Harry, he is more than welcome.
1: Always, Uh, more than welcome, he
0: welcomes conversation. Um, Like I said, the
1: whole point of TFNL is building a safe community. Granted, the dominant audience does identify as female, I said earlier, I think. Yeah, 91% of TFNL viewers uh, identify as female.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: Regardless of gender identity, I'm always here if you need to talk Be that on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may be. You can always just drop me a message.
0: And it's a safe space.
1: Always, no judgment here.
0: Thank you so much, Harry.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you so much too. uh,
0: No, we will speak soon.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Take care. You too, bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please do leave us a review and share it with your friends and family so they can also learn all about what school should be. Until next time, speak to you soon.